0: Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, you'll have ad-free episodes, and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes.
1: Most apps are not overnight successes. Most startups, most companies, they have years and years of Uh, really grinding before really getting traction, unless they're extremely privileged or they've done it before. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech.
2: Hi, this is
0: Joseph Wienke, and I'm a product manager. I built platforms used by AOL, Coca-Cola, and National Geographic. I love listening to We Are LA Tech because Esprit and our team really make it easy for us to understand the LA Tech community and really break down how companies and users can utilize this new emerging technologies to build businesses and connect with their communities you can follow me online at josephhoguin.com. That's Joseph h o l g u i n H O L G U I com. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to We Are slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's We Are LA slash community. I think when we get into tech, at least when I got into tech, I thought you need to have like a bazillion person company and you have to raise money and you have to like IPO and you have to be on the cover of magazines and all these kind of like social indicator things to show that you've succeeded. But what if none of that is true? And what if true success is just living a really, really great life behind closed doors? What if that is the actual success, the kind that no one sees. And what if we don't need to be on social media to succeed? What if that's a falsity as well? What if that blog post, A Thousand True Fans, is super accurate and we only need A Thousand True Fans to build a profitable business? If that were the case, couldn't we just, you know? in a process-like way, reach out to a breakdown of a thousand people over a year, over two years, and build a profitable company so we could have the the life that we want to live and serve the people in the way that we want to serve people. I think we're under all these false pretenses that are served up to us and become the norm that you know we're becoming behind if we're not on social and if we're not connected to our phone 24 and, seven and this, and then that, and this and that. But I think when we get down to the core fundamentals of like what creates a nourishing life, it's none of the stuff that it seems to be. The stuff that makes us feel like we're in a rat race constantly trying to keep up. That's not the stuff that actually makes us successful. Anyway, <laughs> that's my, my musings of the morning. I hope you enjoy the next episode. Bye. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA tech companies and talent. So excited for our next two guests. Welcome the founders of BlinkDate. Hello, Laura and Tally. how are you? Hello. Hi, So excited to have you here. So let's jump into it. Go ahead, tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do. I know we have Laura and Tally and they're gonna share a bit about Blink day, but first go into like what is even like your role at Blink day. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so hello everyone. I'm Tally. I am the co-founder and CEO of Blink. A little bit about me. I am a lawyer by education but am now doing product management by day and working on Blink by night with Laura, my co-founder.
1: Yeah. And so I am a co-founder and COO here at uh, Blink. And I, uh, too, kind of transitioned into product from working in a world of operations and training. And half my career has been in product management where I specialize in marketplaces, uh, building everything from brand new marketplaces, just entering the market to optimizing, you know, multi-million dollar marketplaces. So really the pride and joy of my life right now is working on Blink alongside with Vitaly. Awesome.
0: And when did you both create Blink? What inspired you to create Blink?
2: Yeah. So what inspired me to create Blink? It was actually eating at a blackout restaurant several years ago where I ate with total strangers in complete darkness and had an amazing conversation with them without having any idea what they looked like. And after the dinner ended, I saw them for the first time outside the restaurant and I realized they were nothing like what I expected. And had I seen them beforehand, I would have assumed that we wouldn't have had anything in common and I would have been wrong. And it sparked this thought You know, would people be more willing to meet and get to know one another if they didn't know what the other people looked like first? And so Blink was born and we started working on it last year. Laura and I started working together in November of last year. So about to hit our our anniversary together. That's you know how, how Blink was born.
0: You know what's so funny is I love going on blind dates. Like I actually feel more comfortable going on blind dates. I don't use any dating apps. I just like I like people to set me up and me. I don't want to know what they look like. I don't know what what they do? Nothing. I just want to show up and be open minded. So, tell us a little I, bit about can Blink I ask? Good yeah. question.
2: Yeah, about that. Have you ever gone on a blind date where you couldn't see them during the date? I
0: feel like possibly I have. Either I did it myself or I saw it in a movie, and I felt like it was my own experience. But I know what you're talking about, where like where you go into a, a, a restaurant and it's pitch dark and you don't see anybody and. I'm like, did I have that life experience or did I see it in a movie? Like, I can't remember, um, but possibly. I'll say I'll say no just to play it safe,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you like blind dates. That's really awesome.
1: So tell us about Blink Date. Yeah, go for it, Laura. Uh, yeah, so Blink is an audio first uh, profile and swipe free dating experience where you get to know people by going on 10 minute speed dates. And so the process is really, uh, you put in some very basic information and then uh, you put in your availability, and then we match you for dates with other people. The only thing you know is their name before you actually get on the call with them. And then you have a 10 minute conversation. If the date goes well, then you move on to glances. If the date doesn't go well, you won't see any glances, you'll just go into your next date. Uh, In the glances process, you'll actually see three photos of three different people, and that's where you get to say, based on the conversation I just had, would I be interested in this person? How about this other person or maybe this other person? And so the idea is to uh, allow you to challenge your own assumptions and to be able to see how much wider your attraction spectrum is based on actually getting to know somebody. If it's a match on both the Blink date and the glance, then it's a match and you can move on to in-app messaging.
0: This is so fun. You know, it reminds me of that show on Netflix. What's it called? Where they met each other through the wall? Love is Blind. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like love is blind <laughs> yeah. yes. yeah. in uh, an app.
2: That's exactly right. Can you tell me some of the success
0: stories that um, Blink has had?
2: Our beta app is going to be released uh, later this month, but in the meantime, what we've done to gather feedback and to see how it went was we did a proof of concept podcast called Date in a Blank, where we actually hosted these audio only dates um, for people that signed up for the experience. We had over a hundred people sign up and we were able to match 17 couples. We had 50% match and over 60% wanted to continue their conversations with the people that they spoke with. And the, the feedback we got was really incredible. One person said it was the best online date she'd ever had. People really liked that they weren't able to see the other person because they were able to focus on the conversation they were having. They liked that there was no visual because they didn't have to worry about getting ready. And so it was all around a huge success. And we actually just wrapped season one. So we're really excited to um, get ready for season two where we'll continue hosting dates and actually bring on relationship coaches and um, relationship therapists to provide feedback about the dates and help people learn how to date better and healthier.
0: Like, I genuinely love what your app is. I just I love the idea of not seeing someone. I'm so into it. Like, I'm so into getting to know someone is, who someone is first. I think people get too caught up in like social stalking someone or trying to find out everything. But um, one of the things that I brought up before we started recording, I was talking to Laura for a second and I was sharing with both um, you, Laura, and you, Tally, that, you know, For me, this week is like a really difficult week. And sometimes as founders, not even sometimes, like a lot of times, we have to show up no matter what the challenges are. Like, how do you both show up when it's difficult to show up and like push through? Have you had those days yet early on in your app building?
1: Sometimes it feels like every day. (laughs) And it's not necessarily that we feel that way towards building blank because Tali and I will message each other throughout the day about how excited we are about what we're building and how much fun it is. Um, But for full context, for those who are listening to this, at this current point in time, we are both still working day jobs. And so for us, being able to balance those things can be really difficult. Uh, And so sometimes it's hard because we have a lot of other commitments that are on our plate, and we are super excited about being able to uh, get Blink out there, fundraise for Blink, uh, and really be able to build our own team. Uh, And then we have to juggle that with the the challenges that we have and the stresses of our day job. And so that often means that we're showing up very exhausted and finding ways that we can kind of re-energize ourselves with each other. I think Tali and I work super well together, and I'll I'll let Tali speak and add any of her thoughts um, uh, in a moment. But it's one of those things where some days I am just like completely wiped and I'm like, God, I don't, I, I really want to work on blank, but I'm exhausted and I kind of just want to like relax and watch Squid Game or something like that. Or just binge watch any type of TV. I been hearing uh. about this Squid Game.
0: <laughs> like, I'm not
1: in the. I don't know. And then there was this YouTube
0: video last night, and they're like, warning, there's cliffhangers on Squid Game. I'm like, I better not watch it. It sounds like something I should be watching. All right. I mean, side note to the podcast anybody who needs to relax, go watch this Squid Game thing. I don't know anything about it, but apparently it is not it's not relaxing range. to watch it. <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> never mind. No. <laughs> never mind. It's stressful,
1: but it, uh, it, it's like, it's it takes your mind away but go ahead Tali. just a fun fact about squid
2: games that i saw on the skim this morning apparently uh the shoes that the folks wear in the show it the sales have increased by seven thousand percent since this what? show started so that's wow. fun fact
1: <laughs> I, I, think they either, I think they intentionally timed it with halloween just because <laughs> i now have a lot of targeted ads yes i have a lot of ads that are trying to get me to buy the jumpsuits uh jumpsuits the face masks um yeah. It's just, it's wild.
2: Anyway. Yeah. Um, but anyway, circling back, you know, I also, I think it's sort of a roller coaster every day is sort of different when you're working on a startup, especially when you're working a full-time day job. But, you know, to be totally honest and kind of open up a, a little bit more, I was working with somebody else before I was working with Laura and that was a really draining experience. It wasn't a great relationship, just like dating. When you realize that it's not working, you know, and it takes a lot out of you. And so once that ended and I started working with Laura, I realized how much uh, energy the people that are around me give me. And so I think now over the past year working with Laura, like I just feel energized by her presence. And on the days that I'm down, just talking to her can reinvigorate me. And that doesn't mean that I don't take evenings off. I totally also do, although not with Squid Games right now. I'm, I'm watching a bunch of other shows. I'm watching Manifest. Yeah, I think it's really just... Um, remembering that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we are still working our day jobs, but we know that we want to fundraise and just kind of keeping my mind's eye on that and, and kind of knowing that I'm I'm going down this tunnel with somebody who I'm really excited to be doing it with.
0: And a side note, I was actually going to give the both of you before we started recording and I forgot. And I'm glad you brought it up again that you're looking to fundraise. Make sure, and just remind me after the interview because it's going to be hard to retain that information, to check out Slossen and Company, which is an LA base for grants, and also to check out Seed Scout, which is basically um, it's free to sign up and investors pay to access this database of promising new startups to make seed investments into the startup. So Seed Scout and Slossen and Company so I just don't want to forget to like tell you those two things and then I have a few other like investor ideas as well what keeps you like why do this like I mean this is a question I even ask myself like all the time I ask all of us it's like some people ask like how did you choose to be an entrepreneur I'm like I didn't Choose. I just am. It's like this life that I, it's my identity. I just am. And so when you share, like you're working this job and you guys are, you both are building this company. Why do this? Why put yourself through all of that?
2: I think um, a couple of things. One thing is we are deeply mission driven and the mission of blank isn't just kind of related to dating. We really hope to expand it beyond that and help people move past prejudices based on visual appearance appearances. And so it's something that just drives me personally to help make the world a little bit less prejudiced, make it a little bit more equitable. And so the the vision of that in five or 10 years, is it just inspires me so much. And it's something that I'm just so excited to be doing. I think beyond that, I'm just like a very entrepreneurial person. I like creating things and building things. I also have a, a pet treat bag that I created and sell. I also just like building things around my apartment. So for me, like I just like, you know, making things, whether it's a tangible item or a technical item or whatever it may be. And my dad is self-employed. So I've always had this kind of ingrained in me, you know, having your own business and, and kind of growing it. And so it's just always been part of me and something that I'm, I'm just excited to finally be taking, taking on, even though it does mean right now, not sleeping as much as I'd like, uh, but that's okay. Laura, I'd love to hear your answer to this actually, cause I don't know that I have.
1: Oh, yeah. So the thing that kind of keeps me going is I have this phrase that I like, which is uh, the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just a little extra. And so that's something that I think about it all the time, because when I was younger, when I was 16, I was going through like a really tough time. Uh, And so I was actually planning on dropping out of high school and becoming a hairstylist, like of all things in the world. And it was because I wasn't particularly surrounded by people that were Doing really anything different, and so um, I had a guidance counselor who I'm friends with on Facebook, and every once in a while I message him and tell him that he essentially is the reason why my life is what it is today, uh, because I was like, hey, I wanna, I wanna leave, and I just, I want to drop out, and I just want to do this other thing, uh, and he was like, uh, you shouldn't do that. There are other options available, uh, and so he kind of pointed me in the right direction, and so I was able to actually graduate a year early instead of dropping out because I had the credentials to do so. I was able to go to a local community college into an honors program because I realized that I could apply, even though I didn't think I would get in. I didn't think that I could. Um, and it's not that I didn't think that I could based on like society. It's just I didn't know it was an option. And so for me, one of the biggest things in my life is that um, there are so many things that I was completely ignorant to their existence, just like had no idea that they existed despite the hunger that I might have felt. I was like, I always knew that I wanted to do something big, but I didn't know even where to get started. And so I was super, super, super lucky and incredibly privileged and fortunate to have somebody, or I've had a couple of people along my life that pointed me in the right direction and said, hey, I'm going to point you in this direction and you can just go. Uh, And a lot of people don't get that opportunity. And so for me, one of the biggest reasons why I'm absolutely obsessed with the idea for Blank is that we're starting with the dating world and we have this big grand vision of how we can uh, reduce bias because I've had friends in similar situations as myself, but they weren't uh, given kind of the benefit of the doubt that I was given. Uh, people, other people didn't see in them what they saw in me. And so therefore they weren't given the same types of opportunities. And I feel like that's such uh, like it, it's just, it's crappy. Like it's, it's not a good feeling. And so that's something for me that always keeps me going is that we have this, like this huge vision of where we want to go, and what we want to do. And I think that everyone deserves those sorts of opportunities that like, it de- shouldn't matter what you look like. Shouldn't matter where you were born. None of those things should matter. What should matter is uh, kind of like what your personality is, you know, what are the things that you're naturally inherently good at, you know, and, and allow that to kind of point you in the right direction to at least open up those opportunities to you. And I just feel like there's a lot of closed doors and it's super exciting to be able to work on something to open more doors. So that's, that's kind of my, my everything. It's interesting.
0: I was one of the early users of Clubhouse and even the Clubhouse is in a dating app. The intimacy that we formed in the relationships by just hearing one another's voices and truly taking the time to get to know. I mean, we'd be on the phone with one another. Sometimes it'd just be one-on-one for hours and hours. I was on before it was 10,000 people. So the culture of Clubhouse was a lot different then. And so I could just picture just that same intimacy and blink that it's just it's irreplaceable. I don't know. It's, it's really beautiful. It's just, uh, you form this bond and this rapport and this connection before even meeting. So by the time you do meet, you feel this just kind of like foundation of trust or understanding that it's just really unlike any other kind of social medium. And so I really appreciated having that experience. So I, I envision that that's what blink would feel like too.
2: Yeah, actually there as at least one person who found their husband on Clubhouse a couple that found each other on Clubhouse and i think it was the same sort of story where they just spent hours talking to one another and built a really deep connection and at some point they must have met and realized that you know they found their their other person their their penguin so to speak and so I think you're right. Like, and you know, it's what we're really leaning into. Voice is a really powerful way to connect. Uh, I know there are alternatives where folks can use video, but we really think that the intimacy of developing a relationship based on real compatibility, based on communication and connection, that's the foundation of a lasting relationship. And it's like, lot, like um, studies show actually that the initial spark based on appearances, that actually doesn't translate to lasting long-term relationships. Um, And so we're really excited to give people the chance to connect based on voice because we really think it's it's the foundation for a lasting successful relationship.
0: Completely and utterly agree, like so agree. I've been involved in audio technology for, for several years. I started podcasting in 2013. There was an audio company at the time called PodClear. I got to discover how difficult audio technology is. <laughs> and so I have a deep appreciation to, for what you're building. So like, are you both developers? How did you conceive this idea and then actually make it become a reality? Because it's extremely, extremely difficult to do and costly.
1: Yeah, so one of the really cool things that exists in today's day and age is Agora. And so it's actually a platform that you can build essentially no-code solutions on top of. I will say that um, though it's no-code, it's not actually no-code, it's low-code, so you still have to put the skin on top of it and everything. But the, the beautiful thing about Agora is that it does make it very easy to make audio connections in a way that you're really then able to focus your engineering efforts on building kind of the skin around it. So that's something that is uh, really cool for us. Uh, We actually use an offshore development team uh, in order to build the app. So neither Tally nor myself are technical, but both of us having backgrounds in uh, product management is something that helps us to be able to have a good relationship with our engineers to understand what information we need to give them so that they can build something really effective for us. The type of platform that we're building isn't super complicated uh, at this point for our MVP. And so at this stage, it's actually really beneficial for us to be able to focus a lot of our energy on Uh, you know, building the kind of growth behind it, the growth machine, uh, doing a lot of the marketing, reaching out with influencers and partnerships, uh, and then being able to still manage the information that we're getting from interviewing our customers and translating that into, uh, you know, enhancements for our app.
0: There's so many startups who are also non-technical. I mean, I want to say co-founders, not necessarily that because you're both You get what I'm saying? They're non-technical side of it. So how do you both set up the security? Like when you're working with the development team in starting up, how do you make sure you're both secure? Because I think that would help everybody as they're building their own companies. What do they do if they're not the developer to make sure they're setting it up in a way where, you know, you've heard the story. So my code won't be stolen. Like, what do you do?
1: Well, uh, I'll let Tali speak to kind of the legal side of things because I think she's uh, better equipped for that side. But one of the things that's really important is, this is going to sound like a really terrible thing to say, is find someone that you trust that is technical uh, to kind of assist you in that process towards the very beginning. So if you can find somebody who can help with the auditing process, that would help. That's kind of one thing. The other thing is make sure you get access to everything. So like uh, learn terms like GitHub, learn terms like, uh, uh, there's like a variety of different tools out there, but essentially anything that they're creating, make sure that the that they're doing it with your credentials, that they're not doing it with their own. They can have logins, but not necessarily uh, creating it on their own servers. So you wanna make sure that you're talking with them. And if you don't understand the technical side of things, um, try to talk to somebody who does to know like, what are the things that I should make sure that they have access to, but I'm ultimately the owner of it so they can't steal my code base. They're gonna have to develop things locally, but they should still be uploading all of that to a centralized repository so that you have protection. And so I think, uh, Tali, I think you're better to talk about kind of the IP relationship and agreement side of things from like a, a kind of legal perspective
2: Yeah. So I would just say, make sure that any work you have done, even by the folks that are your founders, make sure you have an assignment agreement um, so that if something does go south uh, in terms of a relationship with someone you're working with, you don't have to worry about them claiming that the work is their own. I have an assignment agreement. Laura has an assignment agreement, and we've assigned all the IP to Blink. Any marketers that we work with and our developers, everything is very clearly, um, you know, something that, details that the IP belongs to Blink. And so I would just recommend um, that, especially, it, it can be a little awkward, especially early on if you're working with a small team, but as long as the person who's asking for it is also saying, hey, I'm signing this too, it removes a lot of that awkwardness.
0: So BlinkDate is based in Culver City. What do you find has been really resourceful about being Culver City? Are there a lot of Los Angeles events that happen there? I know it's been bustling like with amazing restaurants and everything. Have you seen a tech community in Culver City? A little
1: bit. So one thing that's a little bit difficult is during the pandemic, a lot of those live and in-person events and networking events that you can usually go to and attend, Uh, haven't really been there, Uh, and so there's been a little bit of uh, an L.A. tech community scene that we're a part of. There's some Slack channels we're a part of, some groups, some meetup groups that we uh, connect with some people on, and there's some local influencers that we talk to, local L.A. groups on Facebook. Uh, and that's really been how we've been plugged into the LA community. But yeah, it has been a little bit difficult during the pandemic. But now that things are opening up a little bit, uh, Tali and I actually did kind of a, this is actually a quick, funny story. One of our daters on Date in a Blank, Tali and I were wearing our shirts, our hats, our masks, and we were walking around trying to get the word out about Blink. Uh, and then uh, one of our daters spotted us and said, hey, I'm Joe. I was on your podcast. <laughs> And so it was just like really incredible to be able to uh, meet a dater who we hosted. And we actually talked to him on a few dates and he was on our, you know, date in a blink, what did they think episode? And so that was super cool. So just uh, when we were going around to the different locations, people would come up to us and ask us questions. And when we told people we were based in LA and we were actually the founders, uh, a lot of store owners got super excited about that. And they're like, oh my God, we love our LA owners. Uh, and so I feel like that's, um, that's one of the really big benefits of uh, kind of Canvassing? Yeah, it's uh, canvassing in your local cities. People are like, oh, wow, you live nearby? That's awesome. You
0: mentioned Slack, Facebook groups. Uh, do you happen to, off the top of your head, know some of the Slack names, Facebook group names, those meetup names, anything that anybody listening could maybe plug into
1: themselves? Uh, so one of them is LA Design and Dev. It's a Slack channel. Uh, it's a little hard to find. You can find them on Twitter. And then on Twitter, they have a way that you can get access to the Slack group. It's not extremely active, but it's fairly active. Uh, there's also another meetup group that they do uh, virtual coffees on Sundays. What is an LA Tech uh,
0: resource that you've accessed in order to help grow Blink? Uh, has there been a co working space or an accelerator or um, a mentorship program? What has been a resource that you, you've been able to tap into here?
2: Yeah, so we actually um, were just accepted and just started uh, an accelerator called Founder Boost LA. And so that has been a really incredible community to be, to be a part of because there are other LA-based founders. There are LA-based folks, generally, who are become mentors. And so being able to connect with other folks in the LA community who are also building their own startups has been really amazing. And Founders Boost, just for whatever it's worth for folks outside of the area, they have regional um, chapters. And so, again, we're really happy that we were able to tap into the LA one because we think it's really great for uh, what we're doing and are gearing up for our beta launch in Los Angeles.
0: And does Founders Boost give you uh, money, or is it more learning, or what is what are the dynamics of Founders Boost?
2: It's a six-part accelerator, so it's classes. Uh, there is no money, uh, unfortunately, but we it does prepare you to fundraise, uh, which is the the pivot point that we're at right now, where we are, uh, you know, trying to build our in- investor pipeline and preparing our materials and kind of understanding the best way to go through the fundraising process. And so they really prepare you for that. There are, uh, you know increasing length pitch sessions each time, and there's the mentor sessions that you get each uh, Tuesday. And again, you develop the connections with other founders, which I think is actually really valuable because being a founder is a learning experience, and every day you're learning something new. So as you make connections with other founders, you learn from them and what they're going through. It's primarily, you know, course-based, um, also kind of uh, there are assignments. So the assignments as we go through are to build out our deck and prepare our materials. So that's really valuable to have some structure around that and getting those relationships with other founders and mentors.
0: And how have you
1: funded BlinkDate so far? Mostly, predominantly out of our own pockets. Uh, So we are bootstrapped. Um, However, we did also run a Kickstarter campaign last year where we got us, our Kickstarter campaign was fully funded, which has helped us a bit in some of our app development. And then we actually also pitched at uh, Agora's RTE 2021 uh, Startup Pitch Competition, or it's called Startup Battleground. And we won the grant prize, which was $10,000 of a a grant or equity-free funding. So that has been uh, how we've been funded so far.
0: What are your favorite restaurants in LA? Uh,
2: So I guess I'll go first. Gracias Madre is one of my favorites. I am vegetarian, and so Gracias Madre has incredible vegetarian food, um, and it also has a really beautiful outdoor seating area, which is really nice if you're a dog mama like me. Uh, And so that has been one of my favorites and a place that I will return to time and again. And what area is that in? That is in West Hollywood, if I'm not mixing up my neighborhoods. (laughs)
0: Laura, what is your favorite restaurant?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually gonna plug a local one. So I'm actually uh, ever so slightly west of Culver City on the border in West Adams. Uh, And so I live next to some incredible places. Uh, And so one of them that I'm obsessed with their fried chicken is Alta Adams. It's a local restaurant here in the West Adams region. They have a lot of really good food, but like you definitely go for the fried chicken and their cocktails are also really good as well. Yeah. Love that place. It's like a local staple. People come from all over there and the neighborhood is super supportive of them.
0: And you both are dog mamas. So what is an activity that is a must in LA that you could bring your dog to? Because I know sometimes there's a ton of restrictions. So what do you recommend?
1: I'll go first with this one. Um, so tally and I have actually done quite a few little like Instagram pop-ups. They come up all the time. They're completely random. And they're like the highlight of doggy life because most of them are dog friendly. There's one uh, in the end of 2019. Uh, it was like Cholula with hot sauce. Uh, and so we have a picture of all our dogs in these little tacos. It's, it's such a riot. And so a lot of those Instagram pop-up things where you just go and there's a lot of little rooms that you can post for pictures. It's great for dogs because there's a lot of enrichment because you're generally around a lot of other people. They do have restrictions on how many people can be kind of in an area at a given time. And so, and you can also go at off times. And so it's good for the dogs because they get to go and see something new and experience something new. Uh, and then it's also good for you because you get a lot of fun, cute photos of your dogs.
2: And another thing that Laura and I did pretty frequently was go to the Boba Guys in Culver City. It has this really cute outdoor area uh, just outside. So while you can't bring your dog inside, you can order your drink and you can just chill outside and have your boba with your pup in tow. Um, And there's lots of places nearby where you can do a little walk beforehand, um, you know, to tire your pup out so that you can enjoy your boba in peace.
0: How can people connect with you?
2: Yeah. So if folks uh, want to check out our website, that's a great place to sign up for our waitlist. It's www.theblinkdate.com or on all socials at theblinkdate. Date. So Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, if folks want to engage with us there, we'd love to hear from you. And folks can also email us. There's a contact form on our website um, if they want to reach out, ask questions, or just tell us their dating stories or talk about relationships. We always love talking about love. And yeah, we also have our podcast, if folks want to check that out, that's Date in a Blink. And our website is dateinablink.com. And we also have socials, Date in a Blink, on Instagram, Twitter, and um, Facebook for that.
0: And where can people connect with each one of you directly? Uh, Do you hang out on Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn? What should be the best bet there?
2: So I am on Instagram and on LinkedIn if folks want to reach out. And, and just to, to plug, if folks are looking to leave law, I've talked to a lot of people in that bucket, and I am happy to keep doing so. So anyone who's listening who's thinking about leaving law or even just a career transition in general, I really love um, helping other people figure that out because it is such a journey. And it's really nice to feel like you're not alone. So anyone who's in that bucket, please reach out to me on LinkedIn or even Instagram.
0: And can you spell your Instagram handle for everyone?
2: Oh, yes. It's talisita, T A L. E E S I T A.
1: Perfect. Laura, how about you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm not like, I'm not the most active on posting in any of those places, but I'm very responsive in messages. So, uh, yeah, those are the two best places to find me. And similar to Tali, um, if you're interested in career transitions or what it's like to hold down a day job while you're trying to build your, your baby, definitely reach out. Happy to talk about those things. And can you spell your handle for those as well? Yeah. So my handle on Twitter is lciccone. So it's
0: L-C-I-C-C-O-N-E. Best piece of advice each of you have gotten throughout your journey to help propel you forward?
1: I have a couple of mantras that I live by. Uh, and so one of them I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, which is the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just a little bit extra. Uh, and then the other one is preparation is the only shortcut you need. A lot of times people hear about um, apps making it Big, and they hear about these overnight successes. And for the most part, uh, most most apps are not overnight successes. Most startups, most companies, they have years and years of uh, really grinding before really getting traction. Unless they're extremely privileged or they've done it before and they can tap into really big networks that uh, believe in them and can fund them. But most people, they have a really a really difficult journey beforehand. And so there's no quick wins uh, in a lot of these things. As much as you try to, you know, growth hack your way to success, growth hacking still takes a really long time. It's just a fancy way of, you know, marketing essentially. So, yeah, so just uh, preparation and and staying at it. Those are things that um, you never want to walk into something unprepared for the situation. So by just being a little extra prepared before you do anything that you engage with, you'll find that it gives you such a leg up. And knowing what you want to get out of a given situation. So if you're entering a room to network, you want to know, why am I here to network? And if you're not getting that from that, you can know to maybe find something else or change your expectations. So that, that would be mine. Preparation is the only shortcut you need.
2: Yeah. So I, we keep hearing this advice lately, and I actually think it, it's really sits well with me and resonates with me. When you're doing a startup or really doing anything, if you ask 10 people for their opinion, you're going to get 50 different versions of advice. And so remembering that advice should just be taken with a grain of salt and you should really dilute it into what is important to you and make the decision that's best for you. And remember that everyone's coming from a different perspective. And so you know if somebody's coming at it you know with a t- totally different life experience their advice might be really valid but it might not necessarily apply to you so don't don't feel like just because you're getting pulled in 50 different directions that you can't find the right way you just need to kind of absorb it and choose what will be best for you. And I think Laura and I are doing that now as we go through the fundraising process because you can show your deck to five different people and get very different feedback as to what it should be instead. And at the end of the day, we just need to choose what's gonna make sense for us as we represent our business.
0: If someone were to land in LA right now and they're moving here for the tech community, what would be the first thing that you suggest that they do?
1: So one of the things that you can definitely do It's just like look for your industry and then anything that's specific to you, whether it's, you know, being uh, Latino, underrepresented, uh, women, um, non-binary, LGBTQIA, uh, or just, you know, your industry in L.A. And they have so many different groups that you can become a part of. For me, the women in product uh, L.A. chapter was one of the most helpful things when I first moved out here.
2: I mean, I think one thing that I'd recommend um, if you are entering the L.A. tech scene, I think sometimes L.A. can get a little bit overwhelming if you're in tech and not entertainment. I know that was something that was new to me being surrounded by so many people in the entertainment industry. I think talking to your colleagues and getting them to introduce you to other people, that's a really great way to expand your network in tech. Because if you're in tech and they're in tech and they've been there longer... They probably know other people. And so that's something that, you know, sometimes can be a little awkward, but is also a great way to meet new people, make new friends, make new connections. Um, That would be what I'd recommend as somebody who had moved to Los Angeles.
1: Yes, if you're brand new to LA, moving to a new city is really hard. I moved uh, to Boston originally without knowing a single person, and that was a really hard transition for me. Moved to LA a couple of years ago, and I was able to do it with my partner and at the same time as Tali, so I already had a little bit of a network when I moved out here. But one of the things I learned from my experience transitioning out to Boston is that Cities are big. LA is very big as well. Uh, And so if you're not immediately finding the community that's right for you, there are literally millions of people here and you will find your niche. Uh, And so it's such a beautiful place and a beautiful space. And there's so many different neighborhoods. Each of them have their own vibe. And not every neighborhood is going to be right for you. And that's absolutely okay. Uh, And so it's, yeah, just like get comfortable with exploring. There's so much to see and so much to do here and a lot for the city to offer new people and new transplants. Uh, And there's also, surprisingly, a lot of really robust Facebook groups. If you're looking for people in your age range in Los Angeles, you can find groups that way uh, and find some really interesting meetups of different activities that you can try and do. Uh, There is really, you're never at a loss for things to do here.
2: If you are a dog owner in Los Angeles, it is an incredible city to meet people in. I've gone on so many hikes with people just through, like, I think it's... um, SoCal dogs or something. There are a lot of groups that will organize hikes for people with pets. So it's a really beautiful way to meet people and explore Los Angeles. So another small tip for people who are relocating to LA.
0: And is there an LA tech company or talent either one of you or both of you have come across lately who's really impressed you? Just someone who works in the tech space or a company that's based in LA?
1: Um, I will plug uh, a design agency that I am a huge fan of. Uh, Her name is Jill Da Silva. She works with Digital Karma. I got in touch with her a couple of years ago, actually through the LA Design and Dev channel I was mentioning earlier. Uh, And the work that she does is incredible. And she's connected me to a couple of different places that are local, like Code Talk is also a really beautiful space as well. They help people who are generally transitioning out of experiencing homelessness or addiction. And they put them through a boot camp to become uh, developers, engineers, front-end engineers, QA... Uh, and so there's a lot of um, kind of resources coming out of that, and that's in more of the downtown L.A. area. So I just want to plug her, and I also want to plug Code Talk. I think that they're two really incredible resources for um, people in the L.A. area.
2: This is going to sound like an obvious one, but Netflix. Um, I was actually a former employer. I think the thing that really impressed me was their culture It's a huge company and yet they still manage to have a really defined culture that people are really passionate about. And it was a place that I was able to grow a lot and kind of settle into what, what sort of company culture I want to build. Obviously, it wasn't perfect. This isn't to say every company is perfect, but there's so much to learn there about being open and communicative about company culture and being conscious about building company culture. So big shout out to Netflix um, for Squid Games and for the kind of things that they're doing and building in technology.
0: (laughs) Netflix is dope. They have an amazing CMO right now. yeah. Um, badass boss. She's so cool. Thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the Los Angeles tech community, remember to go to wearelatech.com community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at wearelatech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you talk to you all the things in the next episode. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone.
2: Hi, I'm Kali Matichiahu, co-founder of BlinkDate, an audio-first speed dating app. I'm based in Culver City, and you are listening to We Are LA Tech.
1: Hi, I'm Laura Saponi, co-founder of the BlinkDate, an audio-first speed dating app, helping people build connections that last. I'm based in Culver City, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech.